Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. It's a historic day in the auto workers strike. The president set to join the picket lines. It is September 26th. This is today. Show of support. President Biden traveling to Michigan this morning, visiting the front lines of the walkout against the nation's leading automakers. You take a look at the significant increase in salaries for executives and growth of the industry. They should benefit from it. We're there live with the message behind the president's trip and its potential impact on the negotiations and the race for the White House. High stakes, a government shutdown now just four days away. Millions of paychecks and key services on the line and little progress toward a deal with the clock ticking. Can it be avoided? We've got the latest from Washington. Hooray in Hollywood. Writers celebrating the deal to end their months-long strike, a key vote set for today. But with actors still picketing, what will it take to get the industry back up and running? All-consuming and eye-opening new report shining a light on teens and screen time at home, at school, even in the middle of the night. It's really an arms race for your attention. This morning, the takeaways for all parents and kids. All that plus, spilling the tea. Britain's most iconic beverage now taking a back seat to America's drink of choice in the morning, coffee. Inside the brewing controversy for millions across the UK. Today, Tuesday, September 26, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning. Good to see you. Welcome to today. It is a Tuesday morning. We're so happy that you're spending part of it with us. The Swifties are on board now. Oh, my now. gosh. I guess we're just not. Even Bill Belichick's excited, yeah. okay? Yeah. Once that happens, wow. <laughs> All right. But we are going to begin this morning with two major stories, uh, looming deadlines and growing picket lines. Yeah, we're now four days away from a government shutdown. Millions of federal workers, including members of the military, facing uncertain futures, watching and waiting as lawmakers try to work it out. This all comes as President Biden travels to Michigan today, where in an historic move, he's expected to join striking auto workers. His Republican rival, Donald Trump, set to meet with union members tomorrow. We've got it all covered. We're going to start with NBC's senior White House correspondent, Gabe Gutierrez. He's in Wayne, Michigan, just outside Detroit. Gabe, good morning. What are we expected from the president today? Hey, Hoda, good morning. President Biden is expected to physically join the picket lines here in Michigan alongside UAW President Sean Fain. It's a significant moment because the White House says this is the first time a sitting president has visited a picket line in modern times. When asked whether he supports the union's demands, which have included a 32-hour work week, President Biden saying yesterday that these workers deserve to share in the benefits that the industry has seen in recent years, and that he always supports the UAW. This comes just one day before former President Trump is planning to skip the GOP primary debate 
and address union workers here instead. The White House is denying that Mr. Trump's visit had anything to do with this trip, while the Trump campaign is calling President Biden's visit a cheap photo op and arguing that the administration's push for electric vehicles would cost union jobs. The White House is also facing growing questions over whether President Biden is interfering with the negotiations by joining the picket line, Hoda. Okay, what, what are the political implications for a sitting president to join a picket line? Well, Hoda, the UAW is one of the few labor unions that has not endorsed him yet, so this is crucial for him. But President Biden also faces significant risk because he's likely owning the results of these negotiations, no matter the outcome. Analysts warn this strike could cost the economy billions of dollars if it persists, and the president could face blame from voters if car prices start to go up and car parts become harder to come by. And take into account that only 37 percent of voters approve of President Biden's handling of the economy, according to our latest NBC News poll. All right, Gabe Gutierrez for us there in Wayne. Uh, Gabe, thank you. Back in Washington, time is running out to avoid a government shutdown. Just four days left now. And Republicans are still struggling to reach a funding deal in the House. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles has got the latest on this. Ryan, good morning. Savannah, good morning. And you're right. Lawmakers on Capitol Hill don't have a deal that will pass both chambers and be signed by President Biden in time to avoid a government shutdown. And that could have a negative impact on the United States AAA credit rating, according to a new report from Moody's. Meanwhile, the paychecks of millions of government workers, including members of the military, are left in the balance. With just four days to go, The federal government this morning appears headed for a shutdown. The dysfunction on Capitol Hill leading to uncertainty for millions of Americans. As a small group of conservatives on Capitol Hill holds up the funding of the government, President Biden already placing blame on House Republicans. Funding the government is one of the most basic fundamental responsibilities of Congress. And if Republicans in the House don't start doing the job, we should stop electing them. The situation is so bleak that even members of the military are at risk. In the past, Congress has passed bills to protect service members during a shutdown, but not this time around. Even the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, acknowledges that his colleagues are putting many of America's key protectors at risk. Why would they want to stop paying the troops or stop paying the border agents or the Coast Guard? I don't understand how that makes you stronger. As those troops and agents wait, McCarthy is stuck. He's trying to cobble together a plan that may appease right-wing Republicans, but wouldn't pass the full Senate. Congress needs a short-term spending bill to keep the government open while the negotiations continue. But many of those same conservatives have promised to never vote for a short-term spending plan again. And with time running out, McCarthy may need help from Democrats to get a budget passed. As federal workers like Alicia Dalford, a TSA agent, have no guarantee a paycheck will be there this time next week. She will still have to report for work, even if she isn't getting paid, a reality that is now setting in. So we report to work 24-7. It always is always open. And she remains hopeful Congress can find a way to get something passed in time. You know, as this goes on and on, it's people who are the most vulnerable, those who are living paycheck to paycheck or counting on government benefits. That's who's hanging in the balance right now. 
Yeah, Savannah, you're so right. And the most immediate impact would be on programs like Head Start, which provides early childhood education for low-income families. The White House claiming that 10,000 kids could lose access to the program. And that's not all. There's also funding for important nutrition programs that could dry up as well. WIC, for example, provides nearly 7 million moms and children's assistance. And according to the White House, a shutdown would cause the vast majority of people who participate in that program to see an immediate reduction and elimination of nutrition assistance. Right. Savannah? Ryan Nobles on Capitol Hill. Keep us posted. Thank you. We've got new details this morning on the hopeful end of the Hollywood writer strike after a tentative deal was struck between the union and studios over the weekend. But with the actor still on the picket line, it's not yet clear when the industry will return to action. NBC's entertainment correspondent Chloe Malas is following all of these details. Hey, Chloe, good morning. Good morning, Hoda and Savannah. So according to my sources, the WGA leaders are expected to vote this morning. So we are just a few hours away on this deal possibly being approved. Then it would need to be approved by the union's rank and file members. Now, the WGA could move to allow writers to start typing again, even before all of this happens. Now, this would obviously be a critical first step to getting the entire entertainment industry back to work. Relief and cautious optimism from writers who've been out of work since May. I'm very excited to actually read it and see what it actually is, but it feels good. There's a reason why we, we have tentative agreement. After striking for nearly five months, this morning, leaders of the Writers Guild are expected to approve the tentative deal negotiators reached with the Studios and Streamers Alliance. When people are in negotiating mood, things are going to get solved. Neither the WGA nor the AMPTP, of which NBC's parent company Comcast is a member, is commenting publicly on the agreement. While the details are still under wraps, insiders say the proposal includes increased pay, higher residuals from streaming shows, and protections over the use of AI. The Writers Guild says the deal is exceptional, so I'm really excited to see it. So how soon could your favorite shows get back on the air? Two sources involved in the negotiations say late-night and daytime talk shows are likely to be up and running within two weeks. But with actors still out on strike, production on scripted shows and films remains on hold. I'm glad that one logjam was broken, and I hope that means that the next logjam is going to be broken uh, soon. A senior member within the SAG-AFTRA union telling NBC News they hope to get a meeting scheduled this week. It would be the union's first round of negotiations with studios and streamers since the actors went out on strike in July. While actors and writers have been fighting for many of the same guarantees around worker pay and protections, a source familiar with SAG-AFTRA's demands say actors have some unique concerns, such as health insurance and rules around self-taped auditions to create more equality when vying for a role. All that needs to be resolved in soon in order to get next season's summer blockbusters in theaters on time. We can't stop fighting because we make the work and when we fight, we win! Again, now that vote is happening in just a few hours. So if this passes, we could potentially see late night return early next week. Now, sources are telling me that the full industry is expected to be up and running by Thanksgiving. So Uh. that's sort of a very near end in sight. Sounds far away, 
but we're actually pretty close to Thanksgiving. So I am hopeful for everyone that people can start getting their paychecks again yes. and get back to work. Yes, good. Nice to see you hopeful and end to this. Chloe, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Chloe. Meanwhile, one of the most powerful Democrats in the U.S. Senate is defying calls to resign, including from his own party. In a 39-page indictment, Senator Robert Menendez is accused of secretly helping a foreign government while committing bribery and extortion. And while he says he will be exonerated, some fellow Democrats have mentioned, have expressed public doubts and have urged him to quit. NBC's justice correspondent Ken Delaney is covering the story for us. Ken, good morning. Hey, good morning, Savannah. A defiant Robert Menendez is professing his innocence after being indicted on corruption charges for the second time in six years amid a growing chorus of calls for his resignation. This morning, Senator Menendez vowing to stay in office and fight. I firmly believe that when all the facts are presented, not only will I be exonerated, but I still will be the New Jersey's senior senator. That defiance, even as New Jersey's governor and some other Democrats call for him to step down. It'd probably be a good idea if he did resign. On Friday, Menendez and his wife Nadine were charged with conspiracy to commit bribery, extortion and fraud, charges that could land them in prison for a decade or more. The senator, accused of using his influence to help three New Jersey businessmen and benefit the Egyptian government. Here you can see just a fraction of the cash that was uncovered as part of the scheme. The indictment alleges Menendez and his wife received nearly a half million dollars in cash and $150,000 worth of gold bars. Prosecutors also say that the day after the two returned from a trip to Egypt, Menendez searched online, quote, how much is one kilo of gold worth? On Monday, Menendez offering this explanation for the cash stuffed in his closet. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Among the charges, Menendez used his influence as the powerful chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee to secretly help the Egyptian government secure U.S. military aid, even as he was publicly complaining about its human rights record. The indictment also says Menendez tried to get prosecutors in two criminal cases to go easy in exchange for bribes, including this $60,000 Mercedes for the senator's wife. In 2019, he proposed to her in song at India's Taj Mahal. They met in 2018, the same year Menendez escaped conviction after a federal jury deadlocked on separate corruption charges. The Justice Department decided not to retry that case. This time, legal experts say, prosecutors will have to prove that the gifts to the senator were linked to official acts. Senator Menendez and his co-defendants are scheduled to be arraigned tomorrow in New York, where they are all expected to plead not guilty. Savannah. All right, Ken Delaney in Washington. Thanks, Ken. The lineup is now set for the second Republican presidential debate. Here are the seven candidates who will take the stage tomorrow night at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. Each of them met all three qualifying criteria, including minimum polling requirements, a donor threshold, and a pledge to support the party's eventual nominee. Former President Donald Trump, the Republican frontrunner, will once again skip the debate. He will instead hold campaign events in Michigan. Another candidate who will not be on stage tomorrow, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who did not qualify. Meantime, California Governor Gavin Newsom and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis 
will face off in their own televised debate. That's on November 30th. The debate will be moderated by Fox News host Sean Hannity. Mr. Roker. All right. Well, what we've got is some more wet weather here in the Northeast. Also around the Great Lakes, we're looking at some heavier showers and thunderstorms. The remnants of Ophelia will finally get out of here by later today. But in the meantime, the heavier rain is going to be from Chicago all the way down to Louisville. We're talking about elevated rainfall because this is going to be a slow moving system and not get out of here anytime soon. Also, our friends down to the south, through the southeast on into Florida, heavy showers and thunderstorms today. We're looking at locally upwards of five inches of rain from Jacksonville all the way down to Miami. There could be some slight flash flooding there. Next system comes into the Pacific Northwest. We're going to look at that coming up in the next half hour. Dreary weather here in the Northeast. Strong storms around the Great Lakes. Plenty of sunshine through the Southwest. And that is your latest weather, ladies. Thank you, Al. Coming up, an eye-opening report every parent needs to see. It shines a light on all of those hours kids can spend on their phones. Just what are they scrolling for? Which apps have their attention the most? And what can we all do to break that hold? We'll take a closer look. Plus, if it's possible to make football even more popular, Taylor Swift just did it. (laughs) So, of course, Emily Aketa is on the case. Hi, Em. Hey, good morning to you. Well, as rumors swirl that Taylor Swift is entering her sports era, the NFL is getting a whole new wave of fans coming up. How the rumored romance is boosting ticket sales. All right, Em. Uh, But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. CPR training office style. A little reminder, you know, it appears the beloved show could be coming back. Its creator apparently is set to do a reboot. Please let it be so. Carson's going to have the details of Pop Start. Dwight. I I know. It's the whole thing. You could watch any episode at any moment. Anyway, we hope that does get a reboot. Meantime, Chanelson for Craig. Hey, good morning. morning. Chanel, good to see you. We're going to start this half hour with a story that's generating Huge headlines. It's an unusual overlap of football and the power of Taylor Swift. Yes, so we all saw her enjoying the Chiefs game on Sunday before leaving the stadium with star tight end Travis Kelsey. And the frenzy it triggered is far from over. Emily Aketa thought she could kick up her heels while Swift was uh. on a break from her heiress tour. But no, the beat goes on. The Get beat it? continues. Yes. I see, I see. Do you guys want to guess what the number one Google search was after right. Sunday's game? I'll tell you, it was Travis Kelsey with more than two million searches. And with a rumored romance between the Super Bowl champ and mega pop star, Swifties are now gearing up to enter their red and gold era. 
There are a few things that could upstage NFL football in the U.S., but Swiftmania has done just that with a possible love story that set the internet on fire. Taylor Swift's surprise appearance at Sunday's Kansas City Chiefs game further fueling speculation that she's dating star tight end Travis Kelsey. Fans suspect the pop star even got a sideline wave from Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. If she ends up being with Travis, then I'll probably get to meet her at some point. And the potential of a budding romance is welcoming a wave of new football fans. You saw Swifty and that breeze that came alongside of her, which was the entire universe that doesn't know football. Rachel Gideon, who's much more of a Swifty than a football fan, says she's willing to fly to a Chiefs game just to catch a glimpse of Swift. I know she's just going to bring so many people to Chiefs games. They're going to start playing her music at the Chiefs games. I can call it right now. She's the biggest household name in the world at this point, and anything she touches, like, turns to gold, basically. Some Swifties even baiting football fans in a TikTok prank claiming Swift put Kelsey on the map. Isn't that awesome? She's going to be, like, helping him get his career going and, like, put him on the map. Searches for Chiefs games on StubHub have tripled since Sunday, and Travis Kelsey's jersey sales surged 400% in just one day. Even the New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick chiming in. Travis Kelsey's had a lot of big catches in his career. (laughs) This would be the biggest. The Philadelphia Eagles, who Travis Kelsey's brother Jason plays for, also weighing in Monday, showing Jason and his teammate DeAndre Swift, joking their Kelsey-Swift duo, quote, hits different. But the NFL perhaps summed it up best, changing an official social media account to NFL Taylor's version. Oh, that's pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's so, getting in on the fun. Okay, so she's already had an impact on ticket sales and yeah. jerseys. Wow. How about the people watching the game? Yeah. Like, was there a Taylor bump in the ratings? There was a Taylor bump. So if you look at people who have Roku TVs in their homes, they saw a nearly 60% increase in viewership compared oh to the week before. And you probably can guess the age group, the demo that saw yeah. the yeah. biggest bump. It was young adult females. And a source close to Swift tells NBC News the pair is hanging out and they're still in the early stages. But those early stages, they're not stopping Swift fans from debating, okay, what is this couple? What is their couple name? So we posted, of course, a poll (laughs) on X of what should their couple name? Should they be a confirmed romance? Here are the results. Trailer, Trailer. Tavis, Swelsey. Do you guys have a favorite? I'm for trailer. I'm like Swelsey. Do you? I'm a trailer. I'm a trailer. Yeah. We we can try them out for a little bit. I think we have some time. I know. Are we talking about it? (laughs) We are. are. You know what? We are. (laughs) It's just good, clean fun. You know what? It's okay to smile. The real question is, should I be going to the Jets-Chiefs game coming up on next weekend? And should I be wearing my friendship bracelets? Girl, you know you're going to be there. Okay. Okay. Counting on you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, here's a question still ahead. What makes a one-hit wonder? And which ones are the very best? We'll get into that debate on Popstar. Plus, guess who's here? Molly Hunter came over here from London. And she's going to talk about something unexpected happening across the pond. Hey, Molly. Hey, guys. Good morning. Well, I come bearing news for the first time ever. Coffee is now the most popular hot drink among Brits. In a big part, thanks to younger coffee drinkers, we will spill all this tea right after this. Back 7.39 in depth today. This morning, we're going to spill some hot tea. Not about Taylor and Travis. Oh, no. no. Okay, could the long-standing British tradition of tea time be on the way out? This is interesting. NBC's Molly Hunter made the trip over from London to bring us that story. Good morning. Hi, Molly. Good morning, guys. So happy to be here. And I come bearing news. It is a hotly contested and very emotional issue in my country of residence. Tea 
or coffee? Well, studies in the UK now show that for the first time in history, the tea-obsessed nation may actually prefer coffee. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Welcome to England. In the beloved Apple TV series, Ted Lasso, the American soccer coach struggles to enjoy a time-honored British tradition. Tea time is in quite the Lasso way, and now new data suggests that even more Brits may agree with Ted. And in the morning, if you're feeling a bit tired, definitely go for coffee. The taste is a bit off. And you yeah. can get like, you can put like caramel in it. <laughs> I'm a coffee person through and through, sometimes a bit of tea with cake, but generally coffee. <laughs> A recent survey found for the first time ever that coffee beats out tea as Britain's favorite hot beverage. 63% of those surveyed said they regularly drink coffee versus 59% who regularly sip away on a hot tea. It started with the invasion of American-style coffee shops that look a bit like Central Perk. Hey, Joey, uh, can I get some coffee? the Australian flat white craze, and artisan roasteries have taken London by storm. Well, whatever you call it, cafes brewing up the hot stuff, cups of joe to go are all the rage. And even Starbucks, which has been in the UK for more than two decades, is slated to launch a hundred new stores across England this year. Online social media tutorials of specialty drinks feeding the frenzy. I think there's a generational shift uh, with younger people getting into coffee, being more interested in it. Studies show the coffee market in the UK surpassed a whopping $2 billion this year, more than double the tea market. But tea holds a special historical place in British culture, from Mary Poppins to Alice in Wonderland. You'll never get rid of the, like, the English, like, afternoon tea. With scones and like like a proper cream tea. For so many on the other side of the pond, nothing will ever replace that leisurely afternoon tea. So just how much of a factor is this, Is you know, this generational difference? It's huge. And that's what kind of these studies are showing, that the Earl Grey kind of English breakfast generation is kind of edging out the Gen Zers who are into flat whites, also the millennials who are into flat whites, and also herbal teas like fresh mint tea, also kind of having a moment. What's a flat white? Again, flat, <laughs> yeah, flat white, less, less milk than a latte. Okay. It's my preferred drink. Oat flat white. Love it. All the Aussie coffee shops in it's London. It's like you're That's speaking the French. French. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. And latte is what? And latte is more, more milk. milk. More milk. More milk. Mm-hmm. Cappuccino is more foam. Wow. Hit me with anything, guys. You, wow. Wow. First this is all. a great party trick. I, <laughs> while you're here. Yeah. C- came over from across yeah. the pond. We're like, do all... that barista thing again. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're so happy that you're here in studio. Exactly. It's so good. To, you, I think Molly. this is the first time I've actually met it's you in person. This is so crazy. Oh, anyway, it's so good to see you, Molly. Happy Thank you're here. Thank you, Molly. Thank all right, you. let's check in with Mr. Roker. Get a check of the weather. Hey, Al. So, Molly, do, do they do the, the pumpkin spice latte <laughs> over there? Ah, uh, they don't as much. Yes! Yes! But there are a lot of Starbucks, I got to say, but not the pumpkin spice. Yeah. See, the Brits know you. something. I'm with you. Thank oh. you, Molly. I knew I loved you. All right. Let's show you what was going on. Pacific Northwest, we've had this atmospheric river and we've got multiple versions of this coming in here. So yesterday we had the first one. Tonight, here comes the second one. And by early Friday, that'll be the last weather system. So overnight tonight, another round of heavy rain into the Pacific Northwest. Gusty winds along the coast. It continues to push in. We're talking about some areas picking up three 
three to four inches of rain, those wildfire burn scars may prompt some sudden flash flooding. But the good news is this rain should improve that exceptional drought that's been going on in the region. Above average temperatures from the plains all the way down into the southeast, cooler along the northeast and the Pacific Northwest where all the rain is going on. You'll see that warm weather from Cheyenne to Memphis down to New Orleans and Austin on into tomorrow. Here in the northeast, temperatures will start to warm up and get closer to normal by Saturday. Cleveland, you're 73, 71 in New York. Lexington, by Saturday, should see a high of 79 degrees. And that's your latest weather. Guys, thank you. Coming up, we're talking teens, tweens, phones, Mm -hmm. and the apps that keep them scrolling day and night. We've got an exclusive look at a revealing new report. It's on screen time. What we can all do to help our kids develop healthier habits. Coming up on Popstar, what you need to know about the music icon gearing up for a major, major tour. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.